You're listening to Success Up North. This podcast is a way for me to document my journey searching for success as a grower, family man, and business leader. I'll link with other leaders to highlight how they manage to do the boring work consistently and create their own version of success. Success is relative, but to me, it means relationships, families, teams, products, and solutions that get better every day. I'm grateful for you tuning in. What's up, folks? What's been on my mind lately is COG on COGS on COGS and yields. And COGS stands for consumables or cost of goods sold. We're talking about the indirect and direct consumable cost of producing something. Uh, You know, what's on my mind is that lowering indirect and direct consumable costs of goods sold while increasing yield and the more objective quality metrics, cannabinoid content and terpene content, that's the game growers get to play. Alex Hormozzi talks about how business is a game and that one lens we can look through in our day-to-day is thinking about it like a game. It's fitting for me personally because I love competition. I'm not a huge fan of getting played, but I love participating in a challenge and uh, playing the game. It seems like the game of growing is is a lot like a, a role-playing game where you're able to decide your path and deal with the positive and negative consequences of your decisions. So, you know, that could be akin to choosing rock wool over cocoa or uh, living soil versus aeroponics, choosing HPS over LED, deciding between a heavy defoliation or very light plant maintenance, beneficial insects versus traditional chemistry. People have preferences for the way the plant is cared for and how they feel about the end result. But I have a hard time ever saying that this is the best cannabis specifically because of the way it is grown and all the cannabis grown that way is better than the rest. Beauty and quality is often in the eye of the beholder, especially when it comes to cannabis purchasing and and, um, evaluating cannabis. Some folks want cheap, don't give a shit what it tastes like because they already smoke cigarettes and don't need much more than 10% THC to get their rocks off. We all know that person. They might also drink bush light if they're drinking. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's someone's preference. And someone needs to serve that market. Then there's the opposite side of the spectrum where someone will roll up a joint with a glass tip and take one puff to say, this sucks, and put it out. You know, eight times out of ten, they're dissatisfied overall. But when they get that two out of ten chance of fire, it's like Christmas morning for them. It's almost about the hunt for them. Uh, and then there's the middle ground of consumer and, you know, in between, uh, anywhere on that spectrum of those two uh, polarities. Uh, and that middle ground consumer is someone that's looking for a blend of affordability and what they perceive to be quality. Most say there is no one correct or superior way to grow. And based on what I'm just talking about, I, I tend to agree. But given the current market climate, it's important to note the one way that I think I must focus on growing and it would behoove anyone that wants to stay in business uh, to focus on growing this way. 
and that's growing profitably. I love growing cannabis. I love growing all plants, but man, I love growing cannabis. I'm so grateful to do it, but it's no different than any other business. We build businesses to create wealth and make an impact. You get to have fun along the way if you pick something that you enjoy, but you can't make an impact if you're out of business. So circling back, you know, my laser focus and the focus I'm working to instill in our team is about constraints because constraints drive innovation. And I think uh, Alex Hormozzi said frugality drives innovation uh, and frugality is a constraint. And so being frugal, putting constraints on what we can do with the resources we have allows us to innovate and become more productive or see something that can be used differently and uh, harness that power. When you've got everything, you know, when I've got everything I need and I'm living like a hog in a bull market, um, why bother thinking about the resources I'm using? Well, it's because hog heaven always tends to get muddy at some point. And, you know, when the market started to get muddy last year, I knew I had to get clear on what it took to produce a crop. One of the things I lacked was a way to model consumable scenarios for multiple cropping situations like indoor, outdoor, and greenhouse. Since then, I've been taking some advanced Google Sheets courses to get solid on using the tool to its fullest. And I think with that renewed skill set, I've been able to build some, uh, albeit simple, but functional, you know, multivariable COGS calculator for the different categories of consumables like PPE, uh, biosecurity, IPM, nutrition, plant healthcare labor, harvest and post-harvest, uh, those kind of categories. And, and like one thing that I've realized since getting really granular on it all is that there's a lot of hidden costs that can surface uh, for a grower as they're evaluating it. And, and a great example for me is freight charges on beneficial insects. So when I realized that a weekly delivery of Benny's was going to cost me $135 more per month without any sort of increase in protection to the crop, we made the decision to rework our program to an every other week delivery. Yeah, it changes how we approach different applications and using different products and, and the rates of application, but it seems like it's working so far uh, after last year's mother stock propagation, the last greenhouse run, and the mother stock we're growing now. Um, and that's just one thing that, that I found. And that's coming from someone who understands very clearly the, the cost of beneficial insects and the freight that comes with it. But when I was calculating originally, I'm just thinking about the items and not the freight. And so when you, when you start to say, oh, I'm going to get these items delivered each week, holy crap, that freight goes up. So trying to balance that out and figure out like where you really need to be. And if you can save a little bit, there is something that I think is a great exercise for myself uh, and something I'll continue doing. When it comes to consumables and just like looking at it and, and it, evaluating it and really spending time um, getting into the weeds of what we're doing and where we're putting our money, you know, I've, I think that it's often not done as much as it should be. And, and maybe it's not that it needs to be done 
for longer periods of time, but it just needs to be more focused on more frequently. So maybe reevaluating once quarterly and looking at all of the different supplies and vendors and uh, what we're actually spending. I think that's probably going to be more beneficial than, you know, every six months or every year. So I think that's something I'm going to improve on. Uh, I also find myself guilty of working in the crop or, you know, sometimes in the trenches with the team uh, more than might be productive at some points. Sure. I think it's critical that I earn the trust and the respect of working alongside the team to show them, you know, I empathize and that I, I want to seek their advice on getting better every day. And they are the biggest drivers of us getting better every day. So I want to be with them and understand what they're going through so we can provide resources or get past roadblocks. But I, I think working on the crop is something that only myself and Chris really have the bandwidth or capacity to do. We, we've got plenty of talented growers that are probably better at plant touching tasks than I am anyway. If I can't focus on interrupted, independent time where I work on the business, like getting granular with direct costs, we'll never maintain the profitability we need to sustain long-term, especially in this market climate. You know, the direct costs are something far more tangible to get detailed with than the indirect costs. Uh, it seems like for me, but the indirect costs deserve just as much attention as the direct costs. Some of the things that I ask myself are, you know, if uh, there is rent or lease on a facility, is that the best deal that uh, can be had? Or can the terms be better so that the per pound or gram cost uh, for the flour that's produced can, can go down? Another question is how much dead weight is on the management or leadership team? Uh, and that's something that I think every business has to ask. Uh, it's not necessarily specific to this business that I'm a part of, or maybe your business if you're listening to this, but it, it's something that each business leader or department leader, it, it seems like needs to ask. And I'm asking myself that right now, is there any redundancies that are over redundant that we need to reconsider? And, you know, let's be real. Every business has one or two folks that have either served their purpose and have fizzled out in impactfulness or become toxic, uh, or folks that have never served any purpose and have not had the necessarily hard conversation with the leader of the business yet that needs to be had. So that's, that's some serious low-hanging fruit to start with when it comes to lowering the cost per pound of production, getting that dead weight if it is in fact dead weight. Now, you can't consider something dead weight if you haven't given it a chance and provided it the resources that it deserves and the attention that it deserves to be impactful. But if you've done that, you've given the, the how, the what, and the why consistently and the attention they deserve, well, they're not cutting it. It's time to make a change. I think this process is really analogous to uh, pruning a tree during the off season. There are shoots or branches that we once deemed important, maybe thought that they were going to be uh, good for fruit, uh, setting fruit, right? But now they must go because they're a liability for future growth. 
if there was ever a time to prune the tree that is cannabis business, it seems like it's 2023. So I'm continuing to do my part in the cultivation department, you know, and to stay hyper-focused on decreasing costs and increasing the objective quality measurements like cannabinoids and terpenes in the, the product that we produce. Uh, but something I really want to dig in on just here at the end of this podcast is that it's important not to forget a lesson that my left-hand man, because I'm his right-hand man, Chris Dias, and that's one sure-fired way to decrease your cogs is to increase your yield. To increase your yield, sometimes you have to invest in something that will give you that sort of return. Although counterintuitive, I may need to spend more money on a direct cost line item this next crop to increase the yield to the point that it drives down the total consumable cost lower than it was to start. That's where the nuance of this whole growing thing comes into play. I think the thing that I remind myself of is that there is really truly only one right way to grow. And that's profitably. All right, folks. Until next time, just grow with it. You were listening to Success Up North. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review. The true litmus test of this podcast's impact is what listeners say about it. If you found value in this content, please share it with others. If you'd like access to video and written content like this, let's connect on LinkedIn. Until next time, just grow with it.